hear ye, hear ye. You sound so Asian. I was meant to sound like medieval times. <laughs> Never mind. You look medieval. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of the Frill Podcast. That's the only time I'm ever going to do another sort of greeting oh, no, do it, do ever it, again, man. Here next to me is Sifu Goensu, master and founder of Jingmo Academy, a.k.a. me Faja. Faja. Sitting beside me. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Did he remember? Uh, sitting beside me is a young man who... Is Asian. <laughs> Asian. You know, one of the things that people, uh, I hear a lot from people uh, describe you. Okay. They say, you're really good with kids. Right. And I think it's because you've just got such a gentle soul. Okay. And you're so kind. So sitting beside me is a gentle and kind human. Also known as my eldest son, Jung Sui. It's not pronoun- pronounced Jung for no, those who no. are actually <laughs> listening. All right? Jung. Yeah. Jung Siu. Okay. Thank you. Yes, I say Jung Sui because that's how Siri addresses you in my S- phone when I say, Siri, call Jung. Sorry, can't find anyone. <laughs> and, and eventually I had to work it out who what what it pronounces your name as. Yeah. Or she. I have a female voice. And she says, Jung Sui. So... You're known as Jung Sui. Yeah, well, your name on my phone is Father, Father Sue, because it can't, it can't register Gawain. Oh, really? Yeah. It can't say Gawain? No. Really? Yeah. You should for try so, different pronunciations. So, so, try Garwin. So, it's easier when I'm driving just to say, call Father, calling Father. Oh. <laughs> it's easier that way. Siri. Anyway, that was uh, that okay. was an intro. On yep. the podcast, we talk about what experience whilst we're teaching and practicing Kung Fu and Tai Chi and how it benefits our lives in three parts to make us whole. The mind, the body, the spirit. Furu is about passion. It's about culture. It's not just about sharing a Chinese martial art, but it's about sharing the light at the end of my tunnel. And maybe this could be the light at the end of your tunnel. Or you can just enjoy some really cool content. And this is for real. Okay, so we've got a question from Piers once again. Um, for those who are watching on YouTube, our full episode, we actually recorded his his question, him asking it himself. So let's go ahead and listen or watch it, depending what you're doing, and then we can talk about the question. Does that sound good? Excellent. Homie? Homie. <laughs> Uh, recent discussions on the podcast have brought up the idea of physical training and supplementary training either helping or not helping uh, your martial art practice. And it made me think about how we define success and helping in terms of how we measure something. And I can think of a few different ways that you might measure your martial art practice, uh, how close your technique and performance is to that of your instructor, uh, how you might measure it in speed or strength, uh, sparring effectiveness, competition results, how you feel mentally and emotionally around your training and what you feel you get out of it and it brings to your life. Um, And I'm sure there are other ways I haven't thought of. So it made me really curious to think about what do you use to measure your training now in your life? Are there some of those that are completely irrelevant or some of those that you think are more important? 
And how has that changed over your martial arts experience um, from being a child? And Sifu, you have a long history uh, with Jingmo Academy and all the training, as well as Sing Sung has it from being very young. So I'd be really interested to hear your reflections on how that's changed over time and how you think people can measure success or helping their martial art. Cool. So your question is about how do we measure success? Yeah, like because people always, you know, oh, it's working for me or it's not working for me, people say. But you judge how you think something is working for you. If you think it's successful, if you think it helped, then you have to know that it helped somehow. Right. If you think it didn't help, then it has to have not worked somehow. Mm. So when we say like, oh, will physical training in this way help my martial art? Well, help in what way? What do you want to be better at? Do you just want to be able to hit a pad harder? Or do you want to be able to move more like you've been shown? Or do you want to be able to look like you perform better at it? So measurement changes how we judge success or at least how we're appraising something. And you've talked about appraising it holistically um, and the kind of scientific measurement idea of, of something. And I think the different viewpoints on that really change how we think about whether something would help or not. Because mm. you might say being stronger will help my martial art. Well, that's only if you're measuring it in terms of maybe how much power you can put out. And even then it may or may not, but it's still the whole question is based around actually how you think something helps or not. Cool. It's a good question. Yes. Very good question. Do you want to start answering that? Well, I still got to think about it a little bit. Oh, think about as in... Yeah. Process the Proce question. Process the question. So I um, I interviewed Pierce and I also needed some clarification. So I asked him afterwards. I, we just had a conversation about it. And my question was, so are you asking me how do I gauge whether I'm improving um, in my training? He goes, yeah, pretty much. And I said, so, but you did say something about uh, how it improves my life. And he goes, well, you know, wh whatever and whatever aspect, so if you, if uh, we were training a particular exercise, how would I measure I'm getting better? If I was training a particular form, how would I measure I'm getting better? And if I was measuring um, how martial arts practice was affecting me and in my life, what what would I measure? So. You know, it's it's quite general, but also very specific at the same time. Yeah. Good question, though, because <coughs> I often hear people um, have this conversation about how they think, that how they perceive they're going. Yeah. Like even this morning in class, Ricardo saying that he now realizes that he should be uh, focusing on the principles more rather than being attached to doing however many yilus or learning the whole yilu, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we had a conversation about that in class today, just this morning. Um, measuring, for me, measurement is, uh, necess is necessary in our training, but also is also, also can be a very vulnerable place to be. Mm. And it could be quite risky as well if we start measuring ourselves, particularly if we measure against others. Yeah. You know, that's really hard not to do. Mm. Like I know... That, um, you know, when we start doing toe cell, for example, one of the most common things is that we all uh, 
compete with ourselves to see how long we can last. But it's not ourselves we're competing with. We always measure ourselves against our partner. So we want to last longer than he or, or her in a toe cell. Um, so or even the the comparis- comparison of I'm not strong enough against this person. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you stand not, not lasting as long, but yeah. I hear often as well. Can I go, f- you know, down that end? Down that end because this person's really strong. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that, yeah. So that even psyche before they well. before they even touched hands. Yes. Yeah, they already defeated themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So that's that's a real human trait. I know that I f- I fall in that category. Um, both being human and also oh, having that trait. Really. Right. <laughs> I was waiting for you to question that um so measuring i think we have to be very specific mm-hmm. so if uh in the times when i'm measuring my ability to do something then i'm i'm would be best starting with a with a, a baseline and saying oh i i've only ever been able to achieve 10 you lose at one time and that's my baseline. So I know if I do any less than that in one one set consecutively, that I haven't really improved myself because yep. I haven't stretched myself beyond that point. So that's a measurement. Uh, comparing how mine looks against someone else's, I think, is, is risky. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, although there's a temptation to do that. I you know For me, it happens all the time with, when I, I think about... Uh, this year is the 40th year that I've been teaching professionally. I started charging for classes when I was 15. Yeah. I opened my own club when I was 15. And this is my 55th birthday year. So it's a long time. Mm. And then I I instantly, like very subconsciously, it pops into my head. And I think about colleagues of mine who have been teaching professionally uh, whether they're as long or not as long. And I compare success based on things like how many students they have, how many students I have, how much money I perceive them to have, how much money I know I have, and all that sort of stuff. And yep. that, that's a very dangerous thing because I find myself um, starting to dig a hole at that point. And I don't think that's healthy. Mm. We, we, we shouldn't do that. Um when Pierce says, well, what about your life? I, I think that's a really, really uh, relevant question right now because um, we're all, the world is suffering from a, the coronavirus at the moment, the effects of the coronavirus. And I had an experience last night at the sh- supermarket. And um, I've... And like last night was a pretty big night because we we had um, a big day. Yep. And uh, we we're out at Bentley 360 doing the community engagement classes until late. And I stayed back for a little bit to talk to Yvette and Brett about what's what's next. Yep. Um, and then by the time I got home, uh, it was kids get get your brother and sister into bed and all that sort of stuff. And then as soon as I went to bed, I thought, all right, it's 8.30, I better go to the shops and pick up some staple items like bread, milk, uh, rice, stuff like that, and put fuel in the car. 
Anyway, shops close at nine. So just to put this into perspective for some of the listeners, because our shops here aren't 24 hours. Well, the Woolies in, in my local only goes till 9 p.m. So I had half an hour to run around the shops and get stuff. When I walked in, I noticed there was a pallet of toilet paper that was delivered and um, situated at, at the entrance near the fruit and veg, which is an odd place to put toilet paper because normally it's down the other end of the supermarket. And um, oh, we, d- we didn't need toilet paper, so I wasn't going to buy any, but I, I looked at it and it was like a full pallet. It was still on the, you know, the timber pallets. They didn't take it off, didn't stack it nicely. It was like, that's the way it came. They unwrapped it with the, the big glad wrap that was around it and just plonked it right there in that open space. And I looked at it and I could see some people had already taken some, had big smiles on their faces and they're walking into the checkout. I just kept going around getting our stuff. Anyway, over a 20-minute period, only 20 minutes, I went past it about three times. Yeah. And each time I went past it, it was getting less and less until the very last moment when I was going around the cold food section um, right beside the cold food section there, there's the aisle where the toilet paper is it was the shelves were completely empty and I thought wow this is this is really crazy there's no toilet paper now I know we're all hearing about it on the news and stuff like that but then I also noticed I couldn't buy oat milk because I only drink oat milk as a matter of fact not only is there no oat milk on the shelves, but the tags where the oat milk goes are gone as well. Yeah. There's no other milk. All the long-life UHT milk, gone. Right. All baked beans and canned spaghetti, gone. Um, rice, no rice. Like, we eat rice, right? Lots of rice. I haven't, been, I haven't seen um, long-grain jasmine rice for weeks now. Haven't seen it in the shops. And I typically will always buy Australian rice. Can't see it anywhere. And I thought, wow, this is really crazy. Like, people are really buying lots of stuff. And I could feel, I could actually feel the urgency and the fear building up in me as I was walking through the shopping center, the the supermarket, feeling like I might miss out. Like, oh, there's this crazy thought came into my head. Oh, what if Marianne didn't buy any toilet paper? I thought we had two boxes anyway, because we buy the who-gives-a-crap toilet paper, the recycled stuff. And the thought came into my mind, oh, maybe I should buy 36 just in case. And then I thought, oh, wow, I don't drink rice milk or almond milk but there's a few of those should i buy those too and then i went down the pasta aisle and we don't have any pasta at home so i had to buy some anyway and i thought oh should i buy extra oh look all the one that we like brilliant it's all gone there's only two measly little boxes left floating around in empty shelves and i could feel this this um fear building up in me of the the fomo the fear of missing out and also i could see around me the people who were shopping were racing to get stuff and they all had the same stuff pretty much the same stuff in their trolleys and i thought wow this is crazy because if i really wanted toilet paper if i really want baked beans and spaghetti because doomsday is coming and you know we're all going to be locked in our homes for three months at a time or 40 days and 40 nights then i could buy it online and the truck could deliver it to our front door Mm. i don't have to buy it off the shelves 
I can actually buy it on online. But there's this this um, panic going on, and I noticed that rise in me. And when it rose in me, I could feel it like the panic was around here, the top of my chest. It was like a tightness and a fullness. It was really weird. It was like everything was getting full and it was getting tight at the same time. And because I noticed it, I was able to have that conversation about, well, what do we really need? Are we in danger? Uh, how much stuff do we have at home? How does it feel like for everybody else? What about the people that can't afford to buy extra stuff? What's going to happen to them when the shelves are empty and they really they actually don't have toilet paper or they don't have food or they don't have rice and they, and they can't buy it because it's all sold out? That They can't get it early because they don't have spare cash or they don't have a credit card or their credit card's maxed out because they're in that cycle or whatever it happens to be. And I could think, well, actually, I don't need it, right? So I was able to very clearly just buy our essentials, the things that we buy every week, some of them several times a week, like bananas. We buy probably twice, three times a week, and just leave it at that. I got rice, though. Because the only rice that appeared that was Australian rice was medium grain rice. So I thought, all right, it's on special. I, I asked myself the question, if there wasn't the coronavirus around and there wasn't this fear of um, everyone being quarantined to their homes for two weeks, um, would I buy this rice anyway? And I thought, yes, I would, because A, it's on special. Well, actually, in this order, A, it's some long rice, which is Australian rice. B, it's 10 kilos. C, it was half price. So, like, you know, I'm Chinese, man. Those those three things <laughs> already mean that it's a guaranteed buy. So, I bought it. Um, and I guess what I'm saying, really, in response to Pierce's question is, I know that my practice is working because I was able to navigate that really difficult feeling at the supermarket last night. Now, for some people, they may not have the same access to the same resources that we do. I think that by nature of people who are following us and listening to us uh, already do have, have these resources because they're open to finding out more about um, being present to self and the process of being present. So for me, that saved me from being at the effect last night of that fear-based buying, right? right? So that, that was confirmation that my daily practice is in action yep. and helped me navigate really difficult feelings because it was so hard, man. It was like, it was crazy hard not to go <coughs> into the same panic as everybody else Yep, because, you know, it's that group, mass mentality of yeah. people running around there. and you know after 20 minutes it was only 20 minutes when I got to the checkout the pallet of toilet paper was empty mm. it's like how can that be it was yeah, 8.30 I, I, saw, I saw a post from um, Kleenex the toilet paper brand I, mm. I don't know if you saw it no. one of the workers from the factory posted a selfie with mm. all the toilet paper behind him and he said Pretty much, don't worry, guys. There's more coming. They're just not on the shelf, but we're producing more in the next 24 hours. Mm. So there's actually 
enough in the factory that's coming mm. but the shelf is what we see first mm. they look empty mm. and there was like millions of rows of toilet paper behind him mm. up to you know factory roofs yeah so there was heaps in the fo- in the photo that he posted crazy, crazy. No, crazy absolutely crazy so for me that was that was evident and then about quarter to midnight before I went to bed I was um, just looking at my messages and uh, I went into shock because I saw that one of our jing mowers had passed away. Mm. And his older brother, uh, John's older brother, had posted on Facebook um, saying that he's really sad to share that his younger brother, John, had passed away Tuesday morning. So this is Wednesday night, and Tuesday, so day before yesterday he passed away. And uh, we were sitting at a kitchen table because William had had gone to our bed. He had a big, um, he was uh, all snotty and everything and a massive cough and then threw up all over the bed so he couldn't sleep in his bed and I was cleaning that up and stuff. So Marianne and I were out in the kitchen and um, I just went, oh, in shock. And Marianne said, what's the matter? And, and I said, I can't believe this. And I'm reading the message out to her, and she said, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah, well, I am, but I'm in shock. It's, it's like, how how can that be? I only just saw him a few days ago." Um. And she said a couple of times, uh, checking in with me, went went back to went to our bedroom, came back out, and said, "Are you sure you don't need to talk about anything?" I said, "No, I'm actually okay. I, I'm I'm uh, processing." The sadness, I am just so sad that John is gone. And um, in this, uh, yesterday in the morning, uh, one of the mums of our Jingmoers who practices out at Bull Creek, her mum passed away, um, but of old age. And so that was like a double whammy yesterday. And what I noticed was I had the ability to honour myself and both Violet and John, who passed away yesterday, um, giving them some loving thoughts and acknowledging them, acknowledging my sadness, and being able to process that and let that go to allow myself to sleep. And what I found quite... Um, profound with all of that was normally my I would have a story around keeping that sadness around like making you know like make like making a deal of I'm not saying that that didn't come out right so it's not like it's not important and it's not like um, I am pretending or distracting myself, pretending that it didn't happen, or distracting myself with other things. But it's actually allowing it to be, honouring it, and not making small or larger than what it is. Which then allows me to function um, in my world. And I find that's a very... that is actually a very powerful skill to have 
that actually is not magical. It's not something that only I have. Everybody has it. But I actually believe that it comes out after we have given enough time to ourselves to be present whilst we are practicing. And it's the, the, the practice itself brings our mind, our body and our spirit to one place. And when I'm in that one place, I have all the tools I need to be able to face the challenge, whatever the challenge is. In this case, it was ex it's profound sadness around just that last minute news before going to bed that John had passed away. And um, the ability I find to be able to process that, and I had no idea that, that this was going to happen, nor how I was going to respond to it. So this is all very raw and very fresh. But in actual fact, the benefit of daily practice is that I am able to be present to myself and present to the sadness, and yet being able to function. In the past, um, what my usual pattern would be is that anything that is extreme would affect my, my entire experience of my day or days thereafter. And, and then it affects everything. So it washes over like, like paint. Uh, but in this case, I'm very surprised. It's, it's been a huge surprise. Um, how I processed what's gone on just in the last 24 hours. Well, it's not even 24 hours. Tonight it'll be 24 hours. So, more evidence for me that what I'm doing is working for me and perhaps it'll work for others as well. Mm. Is that all you want to say? Yeah. What do you reckon? <laughs> um, well, I guess for me it's more l less of a kind of a s you know a serious note, coronavirus or or death. Mm. But I noticed yesterday with our busy day, I didn't get as much practice as I needed. Mm. But um, I was also very tired and sore from a workshop that we did a line dance, which we'll talk about in a moment. Mm. Um, and I noticed when I went to bed, I couldn't get to sleep for ages. My mind was racing. My body was full of energy. Mm. Um, and I noticed, at least at that time, that what didn't happen that day for me was as much practice as I wanted. Mm. And I see it as when I practice f uh, for my body, my body spirit, for my body, I exert energy and... Um, yeah, do exercise, mm. and I wasn't. I didn't have the space to do that, mm. so I went to bed and I couldn't get to sleep. And mm. I was I was tossing and turning, wondering why, like why, what's wrong today? Mm. Why is this happening to me? And um, in reflection, I was like, oh, I didn't practice as much as I needed to today, mm. Mm. in order for me at the end of the day to be spent. Mm. I still have this built 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 up things, tension, energy, energy mm. everything. Mm. So I'll learn my lesson with that to mm. practice um, maybe in bursts in the day. Mm. Like this morning we're talking about how, you know, each day is quite different mm. and it's how we 
approach the day and practice mm. where we can. Sometimes mm. it looks like we have a full hour. Sometimes we might have chunks of 10 minutes mm. and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm working with that right now in my routine to kind of take day by day as it is and, and practice where I can rather than stick to, I have to practice for, it has to look like this in order mm. for me to practice and then mm. I don't get a practice when it doesn't look like that. Yeah, that's right. So it sets me up then. Yep. But that's what I notice of recent in physicalness. 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 Physicality. Yes, that's the one. Physicalness. Yes. We should start a new word. But internally, I guess for me, in the routine of practicing and being present to myself and reflecting all the time, I'm noticing scenarios where I'm outside my comfort zone. Mm. I'm much more centered now than I am or where than than I have been if I was reflecting in those parts as well. Yeah. Like Bentley three sixty with um different kids each time mm. and with kids who trigger me a lot mm. and with kids who do really well in their group scenario and, and because they're not our normal jing mowers, there's that as mm. well. Mm. But being being comfortable with myself and being okay with that feeling, whatever pops up for me yeah. and working through that quickly yeah. um, to be present to the kids, to lead them to be f- having a good time and play through. Yeah. And I know you said at the start how I'm really good with kids. Yeah. And I hear that from others as well. But for me, I'm like, I'm not there yet for me. Mm. I'm still processing how to do that better. Mm. But clearly it's it's doing something for me. Yeah. And I noticed even at the line dance workshop, we're going to unknown territory, the Chunghua um, location in Balcata. Mm. Their team's there. There was another team there. Lots of new faces. Mm. Stories of, am I good enough to be here? And stuff mm. like that. Mm. And just... You know, processing, reflecting, being comfortable mm. um, with that, even though it's really uncomfortable, mm. and being open to it all. Mm. Whereas I feel like, you know, in the past I'm quite closed and I just stick to my comfort zones and stick to my little circle and True. not absorb as much as I could. But I feel like I was pretty open minded and taking on as much as I could because mm. it was a great opportunity. Oh, it was. So that's what I notice. Mm. Physicalnessly, F- physicality, yes. physicalnessly, Physi- <laughs> <laughs> and and internally, those two yeah. things from my practice. I think from routine, yeah, I'm able to notice these things a little bit more mm. and process. You know, I guess it's similar to yours. How yeah, in your the Woolworths and yeah, processing sadness and stuff. Mm. It's all the same. That's right. How we approach mm. things, mm. but yeah. But I mean, these things we're talking about, Pierce, uh, may not be like uh, simple things to measure. I mean, simple things to measure would be like how many concrete roof tiles you can break with a galatoy in one strike. Yeah. You might start off with one and yeah. then gradually build up to 10, and then there's a real yeah, yeah. Uh, tangible tr- measure. Yeah. And um, another would be gradings, belt levels. Yeah. Moving from one to, from black belt up to red belt. Yeah. Learn the next part of the Yilu. Yeah, next part of the Yilu. New combo. Or traveling overseas and entering Competing. into com- competitions. Yeah. All of these things are tangible measures, but yeah. I, I guess I, what I tend to um, notice more are the measures that are, are not physical, not tangible, but have a huge impact yeah. on me. Yep. Um, and that's what I've been talking about. Yeah. Mm. 
I guess for me in training, a physical measure would be things like pad work or push hands or usages, Mm. things that happen in a short amount of time but require all of of me to to do the move. Mm. Like I'm noticing this morning when I was doing pad work, Mm. um, when I was doing LARP and pay together, noticing my shoulders would pop up because I wanted to add more power to my technique and that was frustrating because I wanted to keep them down, but they kept popping up themselves. And all by themselves. All by themselves. And just like putting everything into one yeah. motion and having it feel effective, That's for, uh, for me, that's measurable in, mm. in that I feel satisfaction after. Mm. Same with push hands. You know, we all do. Well, Pierce does push hands and mm. sometimes you feel like you're, you're doing good and you can bust out some moves and mm. stay on your feet and sometimes you fall a lot and... It's all kind of measurable in that one scenario on mm. that day. Mm. Yeah. It's not a statement about all of you. No. Mm. No. It's, yeah, for me, it's not. It's just that th- moment. That moment. Mm. That's measurable. Because mm. then you can go back, get back up, or do your next combo. Mm. Having that in mind, go, oh, my shoulders are up, so I need to do mm. drop the shoulder now and mm. think about that. Or, all right, that time he put his leg behind me, that time I'm going to you know, open my choir more and make sure I'm more balanced this side and then you might be and then you stay back up or whatever, yep. you know, all those little scenarios that you can work with. Yep. But I guess we kind of, think, think we answered the question? Mm, I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. All right. Cool. Well, on a on a uh, another note, I just want to <laughs> thank all the listeners of the podcast on the Anchor dashboard app i can see yeah. the regions where people are listening and what devices and apps they're using oh and really stuff for that. yeah devices as well yeah so apps is um 58 spotify right 14 percent apple podcasts yeah eight percent other huh. uh podcast addict seven percent i think that's that all mean? peers podcast addict oh, that's what peers uses to listen to podcasts oh, is that right yeah uh, Anchor seven percent and Castbox five percent. Castbox. Yeah. So. Oh, so they're the actual apps. They're, yeah, yeah, oh, they're, right, they're right. platforms. Okay. And then there's you know iPhone, Android, web, and other stuff or devices that people yeah. listen on. That's cool. But I just want to thank everyone listening because when we started, I was watching closely, trying not to get too attached to all the numbers and stuff like that. But statistics. Statistics. But um, we started, you know, only Australians were listening because yeah. immediate Jing mowers or family and friends were listening. But now we have out of 100% of uh, geographic locations, Australia is 84%, United States is 30 p- 13%, uh, Canada is 1%, Spain 1%, Thailand, India, United Kingdom and Hong Kong is 1% as well. That's cool. And within that I can see... Um, countries or territories or whatever you want to call them mm. within the um, sorry states. states states that's the word I was talking about countries anyway states. wasn't it you were yeah so in, in um, the US there's Virginia Wisconsin California Pennsylvania and Illinois Illinois yes. not Illinois <laughs> <laughs> um, Canada Spain Thailand India United Kingdom and Hong Kong they're all 1% and stuff like that so. cool yeah, just want to thank you guys. It's really cool to see non-Australians listening because it's good. Mm. It's good. Very cool. All right. So, uh, I'll end with like a quote that I came up, mm. that I saw this week. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you came up with. No. Um, but this week we were on Monday on the public holiday. Yes. 
we were at a lion dancing workshop. Yes. Which was really cool. Held um, by. Held by Chung Wah. Yep. In line with KSK. Um, Kun Seng Kun. Yep, Kun mm. Seng Kun, which is a popular, famous lion dance troupe from Malaysia. How many times have they won? Is it 17 or 11 years? Uh, lots. That lots. 11 years. I think it was 11. 11 years. They've been back to back many times. Oh, yeah, world champions. Yeah, well, amazing. Lion dancing. So you guys, if you've seen lion dancing before, mm. it's the ones, competition ones, where they're jumping on those poles and doing those acrobatic moves. Mm. We were learning from one of the head coaches who was here in Perth. Mm. Um, there was meant to be a two-day workshop, Monday mm. and Tuesday, but obviously Tuesday everyone would be going back to work, so they jammed it all into Monday. Mm. It was from 3 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. It's huge. It was great. Um, I, it turned out very sore yes. and still feeling it today. Yeah. I had but a 45-minute break. Yeah, out of all was, that. Out of all of that, it was a 45, 45 minutes break. for food. And that it was, was still not enough. It was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Yeah. But it was awesome. It was um, awesome. What's what did you get from it? I got a whole lot of satisfaction. Yeah. I I came away being really grateful for our friends Cecilia and Robin in Hongdu in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, for for the support that they've given us and the training they've given us over the years, because um, that held us in good stead. Um, yep. Everyone in every all of our troop were um, were well versed. Yep. And I think because they're they're in that position of already knowing the music, knowing the dancing, then they could really step up the skills that um, Puisen was was sharing with us. And be- he spoke totally in Mandarin mm. throughout the whole workshop. He had kind of um, interpretations, interpreters giving their... Did you say interpretations? Interpretations. When interpreters were giving it, yeah. Are these interpretations? Because <laughs> they were Asian. I, they were Asian. They, they were Asian. They weren't interpretations. Okay. That's really funny. I thought you said that. No, I didn't say that. All right. You need hearing aids, man. I might do, considering yeah. the genes I got. <laughs> Guys, if you're watching the podcast, you see these glasses. They're new. I now have to wear everyday glasses because of this guy. <laughs> because he's got... They're dodgy jeans. They've got dodgy jeans. My mm. left eye's bung. <laughs> so I might need hearing aids because uh. we all know about your hearing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Carry on. So where was I? Uh, the interpretations. Interp- in, uh, interpret- he spoke only in, in, in Mandarin. Mandarin. And, and our guys weren't handicapped by that at all. Yeah. Because they knew the music. They knew the sheet. The musical notes, um, they knew the dancing, the style, all that stuff. It was fabulous. It was yeah. great. Um, we made lots of new friends. I think there might even be an opportunity for us to collaborate on some shows with Chung Wah now, their, their representatives in Australia for KSK. Um, but it also inspired me to... Um, it, it, I, I made it mean it was we're ready to move forward. Mm. So... Um, We'll do that, and maybe we can talk about that on another podcast. Okay. Mm. So let everyone hang now. There's some cliffhanger. Some big news Ooh. going on. Some big news. Did you ever watch that? What Twilight Zone? No. So how do you know the music? Because 
grew up with you doing it every every so often. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got those jeans as well. What's that? Sound effects. For <laughs> 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 well, those who are only listening and not watching uh, his, his face, it's hilarious. Um... Do you want to hear what I got from it? Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, yeah, it? it would. Yeah. Come on, tell me. Yeah. What'd you get for you? Oh. I got lots more detail in yeah. in the things that I already know. Yes. And, you know, little things like the the line follows the gong beats. Yes. Um, how to hold the symbols in the Hoksan style yeah. to make those sound good. Um, clarified with the, the cross motions of the lion and the square drawing a square and drawing triangles i didn't quite get that because i was doing mainly the tail work when we were last learning in melbourne with hongda yeah. seeing mitch was doing the head work um so that clarified that for me um and learning more of the music yeah and the and the um head movements of the lion as well yeah learning that more but also realizing that the the set that i learned isn't the one and only set yeah. So they were playing a specific lo- timeline of the the music as well, and I I think I don't know if you got this as well. The music is there as um like sets of music lines of music, and then depending on the dance is what you use to yeah. express the lines. Yeah. Um, so you pick those pieces out. That's to, right. Like a jigsaw puzzle. To yeah. Build to build the story of a one particular dance. Yeah. I didn't. Did you know that? No. Oh yeah, I knew that. So I didn't know that. So you didn't know that. That was cool. Because yeah. when they were explaining, when you're doing this this yeah. section, you want to be like this, and the lion's curiosity is like that. And yeah. I was like, oh. Mm. 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 So I got lot, lots of detail. Cool. Looking forward to practicing and comparing notes with everyone. Yeah. And yeah, stepping up the game as well in our practice. Normally yeah. we do, we set an hour, but we only do like 45, half an hour yeah. of lion dancing. Yeah. I think it's time for us to do more time. Yeah. And everyone to learn the music as well. Yeah. So that everyone knows that and follows that mm. whilst they're doing the line dance. Mm. It was a big day. Mm. Monday, public holiday. It was a big day. It's huge. <coughs> I even have a I had a private lesson Monday morning. Oh. As well. So it was a massive day. I actually when Tuesday came around I didn't even feel like I had a had a long weekend, and when people were asking me, how was your long weekend? I said, oh, it was great. It was busy. And I said, did you get the rest? I said, no. <laughs> how come? So then I gave the rundown, because we had Bentley 360 on Sunday as well. Yeah. Because it was, with all the storms last week, we, it was shifted to Sunday. Mm. So we had work Saturday, we had work Sunday, we had a huge workshop Monday night. Yep. And then back it's crazy class Tuesday morning, open up at 5 a.m. It's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Very good. Good stuff. Mm. Any more to say about the line dance workshop? Nothing more to say about line dance workshop. Nope. I think it was really cool. But watch this space. We. Uh, Which space? This space. Square space. <laughs> this space. The podcast space. Oh. This For? space. What are you For watching? For more news about. Huh? What are you watching? I'm. I'm just I'm inviting everyone to watch this space. That's a that's a saying. A colloquial a colloquial a colloquial. <laughs> a colloquial. Ho 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 That so just watch this space because there's <laughs> gonna be more 
Just watch it, all right? <laughs> Just watch the space. More. Listen to me. More, more news on our developments um, with our line dancing. All right. Yeah, okay. That's it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I've got one last thing. Yes. Of the podcast. Yep. Um, that is a post from Ping Wei Tai Chi, brother of Practical Method. Oh, in um, Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, Arizona. Yes. Um, I thought it was pr- quite good. He, obviously, he shared something and he put Tai Chi in, in the context. Yeah. But it's uh, the thing says truth bombs. Truth bombs. Truth bombs. Yep. And it's about priorities and how yep. we set them. Yeah. We talk about daily practice, so yep. let's get that in our mind. Yes. So there's some examples and then some the good the good bits at the end. Yeah. All right? Okay. So it says healthy grocery shopping. shopping $100. Mm-hmm. Some people might say it's too expensive. Yeah, yeah. A dinner date, $100. People say it's reasonable. Mm. Months supplements, $100. Can't afford that. Mm. Night out drinking, $100 a week. Occurrence. 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 You know, like some people drink every yeah. week, yeah, every yeah. weekend and yeah. spend $100 or more. Yeah. But they don't, you, you get the point. I get the point. Yeah. Starting own business for $1,000. Mm. I, I can't justify that. That's in the quote here. But buying an iPhone 11 Pro for $1,000 or more, mm. we want that because that's the latest tech. Mm. Um, 60 minutes at the gym. I wish I had the time. But 60 minutes watching Netflix, time flies. Right, and then mm. sometimes you watch another episode because you want to know what's happening. Mm. So that could be two hours of watching mm. the screen. So it says everything in life is about priorities, and what you prioritize will daddy will um, uh, will decide what your life looks like. Mm. Yeah, where will you be in five years? Mm. So I thought that was quite interesting. How. Um, you know, a challenge is daily practice. Like mm. I found this week, found really hard to practice. Yeah. But it's true. Like I do watch some YouTube videos for longer than an hour sometimes and yep. I could be spending that time doing practice. But, you know, yeah, it's about priorities t- for us all. Mm. And I thought that last one was quite good. 60 minutes at the gym, some people or practice so or practicing. Yeah, mm. wish I had the time. I'm really time poor. I got mm. lots on. Mm. But, you know, when we get home, we'll turn on the TV and sit there for ages. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So, that question at the end, was that actually Ping's question? No, that was uh, part, part of, of the, the post. Quote. Yeah, part oh. of the quote, part of the post. Mm. Everything in life is about priorities. Mm. What you prioritize will decide what your life looks like. Mm. Where will you be in five years? Mm. I think that's a good... good um, Mind teas or whatever. Yeah. One of his students or practitioners mm. said, a day without Tai Chi is like a day without sunshine. Mm. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like a day without sunshine. That's very true, actually. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Mm. Mm. That's cool. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything more to say or add to this podcast? I do. Sir? Oh, I, I do. I do. Yeah, good. Just say I do. I do. Don't, don't need to say no. I don't. And then go. Yeah, but there's one more. Yes, I do. I do. I've been thinking about this uh, since last night, really. And um, today's Facebook Live, I'm actually going to address it, but here for our listeners. Particularly in these times where we're, where our 
our environment, our society, everyone around us is thinking one way. Mm. I'm talking about the coronavirus. Mm. So there's a mass, there's a, a mass energy that's all pointing in one direction, and that's pointing at fear and driving in one direction. And what ends up happening is we often let we forget about. You know, it's like have you seen those um, documentaries on TV before with David Edinburgh? And he's going around the plains of Africa, and there's all these gazelle that are down by the water. Yeah. And he's following this one lion or one tiger that is slowly approaching. Anyway, so, you know, there's there's thousands of gazelle, but this lion, there's only one lion, and it's looking for the one gazelle it's going to get yeah. for dinner. Now... When the one gazelle works out there's a lion that's approaching, it takes off. It sends off this fear signal that is, it's not audible. Yep. It's not, he goes, lion, lion. <laughs> right. What kind of voice is that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a gazelle voice. <laughs> I thought you said they don't do that. How do you know it's a gazelle <laughs> voice? I thought you said it's a gazelle voice. <laughs> Yeah, so the gazelle. No, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not. I'm saying it's not. It's like it's not like the lion. The gazelle can actually say that, but it puts out. It emits this energy out of its brain, like vibes, like vibes. That's it's danger. It goes into it goes into fear, yeah. extreme fear, and every other th- thousands of gazelle pick this up. And they go, fear, and they run, they run. Right? They don't know what they're running from. They don't know which direction they should run to. They run in packs, right? And some of them trample on each other, and some of them run into each other, and some run straight into the line, and you know, all sorts of things. But they just go straight into fear. And last night, when I was at the supermarket, that's what it reminded me of. Mm. It's like everybody's gone into fear mode and just panicking, and following the masses, they don't think for themselves, right? And I'm, I'm, I might be triggering a whole lot of people here and upsetting, saying something that might be quite upsetting too. Mm. But this is what I'm saying. This is normal. This is normal. I'm not making anybody it's, wrong. Yeah. It is normal. Nobody is wrong. However, we have the ability as human beings to be present to ourselves, feel those really difficult moments, be present to those really, really hard feelings that we don't want to be present to. Feel them. And then make a conscious choice about what is the most loving action for me next. But not being influenced by others. Not making decisions without having all the facts. Um, not just following along what our friends and family are doing because we want to be part of the pack but actually standing for ourselves and taking action based on what is the most loving thing for me right now. Yep. How can I be most loving and supporting to me? Now, it might mean buy more toilet paper, but it might mean not. Yep. But we actually have to stand for ourselves. And the clarity for this comes through, in my experience, daily practice. We have to do the one thing that makes our heart sing, that brings us joy every day so that we can stay present to ourselves and know what it is that brings us our joy 
and gives us clarity. And then we some take some action around it. Um, I, I think f for me that's the message really, that daily practice is about clarity and joy. Mm. Like a day without sunshine, it'd be terribly depressing. And I, I hear that from people who live in places where you know, summer is a, a brief week or two and the rest of the time it's cloudy and gloomy. It's not good for us as humans. Mm. We we do need to uh, practice an activity that brings us joy. And whether it is painting, music, calligraphy, art, walking, climbing, singing, tai chi, kung fu, whatever it happens to be. Now, we have a, a theory behind it. It's a three-part theory. What constitutes a daily practice it must theory method grind it must have a clear theory it must have a complex method and then you must work at it every day hard work yep. so they're the three parts that make it a daily practice so um, I encourage everybody daily practice do the one thing that makes your heart sing that feeds your soul you deserve it you are a valuable human being you deserve that time when you give to yourself, you'll have more to give all of the people around you whom you love. And equally importantly, you'll be able to be very clear in these, particularly in these times when, you know, all the gazelle are running around and you're trying to find out what the hell, why is all the fear going on, but you're just running for the sake of running. Um, get some clarity so that we're not at the effect of the pandemonium that is starting to brew uh, around the coronavirus. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's the message. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Lion. Lion. <laughs> Lion. <laughs> All right. That's it. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Cool. Thank you. Goodbye. See ya. See ya. See ya. Lion. 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 There's a fly thing around your head. Fly thing. See? Little wedgie thing. W wedgie. <laughs> wedgie. I don't know wedgie, man. Wedgie. <laughs> Wedgie! Fly thing. Lion. <laughs> Didn't you like that gazelle voice? Yeah, it's good. Lion. 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 <laughs> <laughs>